Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. To be joined by former Razorback baseball player and current Diamond Hog color commentator, Bubba Carpenter. Bubba Carpenter is brought to you by Johnston's Home Center in Benton. Visit them on the web at johnstonshomecenter.com. Johnston's Home Center in Benton. If they don't have it, you probably don't need it. Now, let's play ball with Bubba Carpenter. All right, we got a home run on Friday from Brady Slavens and a huge home run on Sunday by Jared Wagner. Some great pitching and the Hogs sweep, finishing it off with a shutout on Sunday afternoon. How about that? Kudos to the GOAT, Dave Van Horn, shuffling the old rotation. Worked out just dandy. Just like we thought. Yeah, sure, no doubt about it. Bubba, welcome back. How are you? What's going on, guys? Happy Monday. Happy Monday to you. It really was great a great Monday. It's a great Monday, yep, for sure. Uh, basketball team put everybody in a good mood, and the baseball team sweeping Auburn probably got lost a little bit in the shuffle because people were still drunk, maybe literally and figuratively, on that Razorback win Saturday. But a sweep is a good way to start SEC play, Bubba. And they did it a little bit uh, differently than we were anticipating a couple of weeks ago. The Hagen-Smith experiment, if you want to call it that, or the Hagen-Smith move certainly worked out well as he closed out the first game and then pitched two-thirds yesterday of scoreless ball as part of a shutout. So what did you think about his performance in the two appearances? I thought he was great. You know, he, he was huge for us. If you guys remember back the end of the year last year coming out of the pen, I still remember him striking out Rock Riggio with the bases loaded uh, in Stillwater Regional. And so, I mean, Hagen's, Hagen's good in that role. He's good in any role. You know, but that's a gutsy move. I mean, you think about it. You're taking, a, you're taking out a future major league lefty starter out of your Friday night rotation to put him in the pen. That's a that's a big move by DBH and Matt Hobbs, but hey, it paid off and I, I really like it, believe it or not. A lot of people disagree with me. I like it. I'm a moneyball guy. How's he gonna help the team win a series? And I think it's gonna help. He can pitch Friday. Now he's not gonna be a Kevin Cobbs that's gonna throw three days on the weekend, but he can he can give you some big outs in a clutch situation on Friday. And he can come back Sunday and do the same thing. And I think, uh, man, I think that's huge for the team. Could he do Friday, Saturday? Yeah, I mean, like if it's one inning Friday and one inning Saturday? Yeah, he could. So I interviewed Hagen Friday night. And he's a second-day soreness guy. Like, everybody's body reacts different. So he's never sore till the next till two days after. So if he pitches on a Friday, his soreness sets in Sunday morning. Um. So, yeah, to answer your question, as long as he didn't throw too many pitches, you know, he'd be fine to come back on Saturday. I think there's a certain pitch limit. So you look at, at Friday night at 244, you don't want to bring him back on Saturday. I mean, that arm's worth a lot of money. You don't bring him back. Mm-hmm. But Sunday, he was he was fine. He had no soreness, and he was good to go. I want to talk to you about the other starting pitchers as well. Let me start with Adcock, who did a great job yesterday. And the dude is... Just a fireballer. I would hate to go up there and face Cody Adcock. Uh, what do you like about him? Do you see him staying in a in a role like that through the season? Well, you know, it's hard. We talked about it yesterday during the broadcast. And it's, okay, so you say, yeah, he's our Sunday guy from here on out. But the way DBH, y'all, y'all know how he works. The way he approaches a weekend, it's, it's 27 outs at a time. So if they have to use... Cody Adcock on a Friday night in a high leverage situation. Maybe something goes wrong. Uh, 
right? Probably wouldn't be on a Friday. It'd most likely be on a Saturday because you got Hagen on a Friday that can go multiple innings if needed. So let's say Saturday, McIntyre struggles, Dylan Carter comes in, can't get it out, and you've got to bring Cody in. I, I don't think DVH would hesitate to bring Cody in and secure that Saturday win if that meant the series and then just do two TBAs on Sunday and let the bullpen take it. But, you know, I think in a perfect world, it works out like it did this week. And I mean, if you look, it was amazing. We got through two days of SEC games using four pitchers. Starter went six, uh, closer went three. Uh, Saturday, McIntyre six, Dylan Carter three. I mean, it's, you couldn't have scripted any better, so we were fully loaded on Sunday for, for the sweep. And I was I was impressed with the way the guys played Sunday. You know, a lot of times you get complacent after you win the first two games, but it doesn't matter. Wins are wins in SEC. You got to take them when you can get them because we might. Uh, you hate to think of this, but there's we could go somewhere and get swept on the road this weekend if the team's hot and we're scuffling a little bit. So, boy, you got to take those wins when you can get them. I was really proud of the guys for coming out and getting this sweep yesterday. Yep. Go ahead. Who who was that Cody Adcock yesterday? Because. The guy coming out of the bullpen with Adcock on in the back of his shirt didn't look like that. That guy yesterday yeah. just—I mean, he, he looked different, Bubba. It's the starting mean that much to him that it just—it shifted him into a different gear. I, I think so. I think it really did. Um, he looked—he looked like pitching angry. I mean, like <laughs> every pitch, he was committed to every pitch. When he's been coming out of the bullpen, he'll make—he'll make a few really good pitches, but then he'll he'll hang a slider. Well, yesterday, I mean, I think he hung one slider all day, and he just pitched ahead in the count, used his fastball a lot more, was able to tunnel that slider off his fastball. He looked like a different guy. Yeah. I mean, he asked, that's a good – now, the, the Auburn team, defensively, I wasn't impressed. The lower half of their lineup's not very good, but the top half of that lineup can swing it. They're veteran guys. And so if you want to look and see how good was the guy's stuff, Look at the hitters' reactions against him. And, man, there were some really bad swings against Cody Adcock yesterday. And that just goes to say how, how good his stuff was. Can we talk about Wagner and what he's doing right now and the way that he is not only uh, hitting but <laughs> some of the shots that he's uh, sending out of the ballpark. Wes talked about it. 470, I think, was the official count. Um, yeah. where, where are we going to rank him in recent power hitters for Arkansas? Well, I mean, we're one SEC series in, but um, I one. think he's going to keep. He, he's he's uh, yeah, he's number one right now. Um, but I tell you, I, I like his approach, and you know, his first at bat, he got jammed. He got beat on a fastball in, and I said his next at bat, I said, look, if he gets a fastball in, you know, he's not going to get beat again. You know, there might be a, I don't remember what I said. A three, he might hit a three run jack, or he might put three runs on the board. I said something. Because that's just how he is. It's not rocket science. It's just it's knowing that it's knowing the kind of player he is, and he makes adjustments really well. So sure enough, they tried to come up and in on him, and he hammered that ball 112 miles an hour off the bat, 470 feet. I mean, the ball was just demolished. But he's so quiet and so disciplined at the plate. Not a lot of movement. Sees the ball well. When you talk to him about hitting, he's really got an advanced approach at the plate that a lot of college guys haven't figured out yet and I think that comes with his maturity and just his understanding of his body plus what that guy on the mound's trying to do to him. Do you have a problem with the bat flip or a bigger problem with the umpire's reaction? 
I think the umpire overreacted. Now, I mean, look, I, I think it's good. I think things were getting out of control in the SEC. Some of the stuff that was going on, I think Tennessee kind of pushed it to the limit last year. And I, I think they ought to call it the Tennessee rule because I think they're the ones that started all this. What he did yesterday, guys, he, he hit the ball. He just flipped it with his wrist. He, he, never, he never looked at the pitcher. He didn't look at the dugout, and he ran around the bases. Nothing excessive about that at all. I just thought the umpire overreacted. I think, I think the guy. I think they, they need to have a better feel of what's going on uh, on the field. And now the bat flip went above his head, but it wasn't. It wasn't anything crazy. I, and, and Dave was mad. Dave was mad about it. And um, I don't know. I just don't. I don't like it. I, I think there's there's a right way to do it and a wrong way to do it. I think what Jared Wagner did was was well within the right right way to go about it. Dave was mad at the ump, or Dave was mad at Wagner? Oh, Dave was mad at the ump. Mm-hmm. The umpire followed Wagner over to the dugout and gave him the warning, and then Dave, Dave come unglued. He was he was mad. You know, what Wagner did, there was nothing wrong with that at all. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's uh, but it's a rule they put in place, and uh, Borfin got called for it earlier, and Borfin's bat flip didn't even go above his head. I mean, it was just, it was about the most mild bat flip you can you can get. Well, later in the game, one of the one of the Auburn players, uh, I can't remember which which hitter it was. It was uh, Kirby uh, got jammed and spiked his bat down on the ground, slammed it down on the ground. To me, that's way worse than what Wagner did with his little bat flip, but. You know, maybe I'm looking through Razorback goggles. Who knows? Well, you are, but that doesn't mean you're not right. <laughs> hey, where does Wagner's home run rank? Do you know? Do y'all have a, a list of longest all-time home runs? Someone was asking on the first Arkansas Bank and Trust text line. Okay, so someone said that they were saying this is the longest home run that they've recorded since they started recording distance. And then I think Matt Goodhart had tweeted that he hit one 471 feet over the building in right field. Mm. So, I don't know. I'm still trying to get confirmation on on the longest. Mm. Now, I think Jace Borfin hit one a couple of weeks ago. That's probably the farthest ball I've seen hit. Um, I think Heston hit one over the scoreboard, to me, that I thought was close mm. to 500 feet. They, they, uh, they had it at like four – 60-something, which was not right. Um, but I think in the, the farthest one I've seen recorded um, was the Goodhart 471. I'll, I'll find out for sure. Yeah. I'll have it for you next week, Wes. Sorry. Who, who was the one that hit the one, in, and I know it was Hoover. Was it Spamberger that hit one to right that was massive in Hoover? Oh, yeah. A bomb, an absolute bomb. But they weren't recording it. They didn't have track man in the, in the ballparks then. Well, and I look at one that Jalen Battles hit last year. Battles hit one in Louisiana that was oh yeah, my goodness, that yeah. ball that ball went yeah. up into the apartment, yep, you know, way out in left field, you know. So you got to kind of wonder. I mean, Trackman's pretty accurate, but you know, like the one that Borfin hit that they listed three sixty nine, I think <laughs> yeah. was the official distance three sixty seven somewhere through there. That ball cleared the whole building in right field. I mean, that was just a ridiculous bomb. So you, you're, you're not – it's hard to tell. But the thing that made Jared so awesome is you could see where it landed out in the hog pen. I mean, it cleared the, the first row of seats in the hog pen and landed way out in there. So it was, it was a definite bomb. 
Bubba Carpenter joins us on the Brandon Moving and Storage Hotline, brought to you by Johnston's Home Center down in Benton. 13-game win streak, which is pretty darn impressive. Um, I want to go back to Adcock for a second. What do you think is his top out speed? What do you think? What, how, how hard can he throw? Are we going to see triple digits this year? Nah, we won't see triple digits. He, uh, he hit 96 yesterday. It was his best fastball. But the thing that was impressive, his last inning, he hit 95 two or three times his last inning. Mm-hmm. You know, he was up to 70. What was he up to? He finished with 82 pitches. So I want to say his 81st pitch was 95 miles an hour. So he didn't lose any velocity. But yeah. here's here's what I think he needs. I think these guys are starting to settle in. Everyone thinks Hobbs is a guy that just wants velo. Go out there and throw it as hard as he can. No. I mean, if Cody wanted to, he might be able to hit 98, 99, 100. Um, but he's better when he pitches 93 to 95. And I think they're starting mm-hmm. to figure that out. Same with Dylan Carter. If Dylan can throw 95, but he's better when he throws. When he throws 95, the ball starts flatten out. It's fell tiny, he gets hit. Mm-hmm. When he throws 91, 92, maybe 93, he can spot it down at the bottom of the zone on the corners. He can throw arm side and glove side, and that makes him really dangerous. I'll tell you as a hitter, I'd rather see a guy throwing 99 straight than a guy throwing 89, cutting it, sinking it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like, how'd you throw 95? Well, it took a little off it. Okay. <laughs> it's good to yeah. have an arm like that, isn't it? That's good. Good for him. Cody Adcock's got That's a That's how Wes used to roll back in the day. <laughs> Ain't no doubt. Those big guys have all the advantages. So, SEMO tomorrow, uh, any any thoughts on a starter? You know we got to ask. <laughs> you know what? I, I'm pretty sure it's going to be Ben Biden. Yeah. Okay. Um, he went five innings against UNLB and looked really good. Um, just total control. He gave up six hits, no runs, one walk. Um, I was really impressed with him. He's a big freshman. Uh, talked to him after the game. I love his demeanor, his mound presence. Uh, I think he's going to be a really good one for us. So I think Ben will probably get the start. And then after that, I would think that we're going to see guys like Zach Morris. Zach threw three really good mm-hmm. innings uh, against uh, UNLV. And so – I think we'll see Zach. I think we'll see a couple more of the younger guys. Maybe Gage Wood will get back out there. Yeah. I know he was frustrated yesterday. He faced three batters, got pulled out of the game. Um, and, and his body language said he wasn't happy about it. But, look, you, you you get a chance to go out there. You can't you can't walk people and you can't hit people. And he did both. Even though his stuff is electric, he's still learning how to control his emotions and, and get the ball over the plate. His stuff plays at the SEC level. It's just a matter of getting it over the plate. Yeah, and then uh, and Ledbetter, Ledbetter pitched a couple innings yesterday too as part of the, the shutout. So I want to tip our cap to another local guy, who uh, yeah, hey Ledbetter was good. Yeah, Ledbetter was really good. Uh, two good innings yesterday, uh, two hits, no runs, made some really good pitches. Look, Austin's been good. His last outing against UNLV, he was good. He gave up a couple of runs, but they were cheap runs. You know, a couple of, like a blooper, an infield chopper. That didn't we didn't make a play on it, and then Cody came in and gave up gave up a hit that scored a couple of Austin's runs. So Austin Ledbetter has been really good. Uh, wanted to mention too, uh, Central Arkansas swept their first A Sun series this weekend. I only mentioned that in the report with Bubba because they are playing at LSU tomorrow in an evening game, and then Arkansas is oh. headed to Alex Box Stadium this weekend. So that'll be the midweek test for LSU. And hopefully uh, UCA can keep riding that offense. They scored 
17 runs yesterday. Mm-hmm. Don't think they'll probably get that against LSU, but hopefully they can score enough to win. Uh, how about the LSU matchup? Number one, you know, I've seen some people on social media, Bubba, complaining at Kendall Rogers and others about not giving Arkansas enough respect in the rankings. Beating LSU two out of three. Well, or, they moved up to five today. Okay. Yeah. Beating uh, LSU two out of three or better would be uh, plenty, I would think, to to get a little more respect. Oh, I think so. And look, you, you never know in the SEC. It's so hard. I mean, look at look at Tennessee. They go to Missouri and get swept. Who who would have ever thought that would have happened? But um, hey, it's tough. Anytime you go into Alex Fox Stadium, it's it's going to be a big test for us. But I love where we're at. But if we go in there and take two out of three and win that series, then you know people are going to start to. They start to notice. I tell you, people expect us to jump way up in the polls. Well, there's a lot of good teams out there, and there's a lot of good teams winning. So I don't care where we're at right now. I care where we're at in June. So I think we're I think we're headed in the right direction. I think our pitching staff. We still got to find a couple more arms, um, and they're going to get tested this weekend, definitely for sure. Um, but I love our lineup, guys. If you look what we've done to starting pitching. I mean, Tommy Bell, his numbers coming in, he had thrown 14 innings, given up two hits. I mean, no one had touched him, and he went three and a third against us. I mean, we just frustrated that guy to death. I mean, he, he made good pitches. We fouled him off, just kept fouling him off, and would either walk or get a hit. And then, uh, you know, you look at the guy, uh, uh, Crotchfeld, on, uh, on Saturday, four innings, five hits. That guy's got really good stuff. He's a big, strong freshman. And then the starter yesterday, two and two-thirds. So, I mean, we're doing a great job of getting that starting pitching out of there. Our, our lineup's just been really good top to bottom. And we, we beat Auburn in every aspect of the game this weekend. And it was cold. And I was, I was mm. so proud of our guys for the way they played. Auburn looked like a team that was cold and wanted off the field. Arkansas looked like a team that was tough and wanted to beat the crap out of whoever's out there didn't care how cold it was. <laughs> but I'm jacked up for this weekend. I'm going down to Baton Rouge and going to the games this weekend. Uh, what impresses me about this team, and you've hit on the pitching, but the depth of the lineup, I mean, there was a, a time yesterday, and I think they was at the bases loaded, and they got a guy out, maybe another guy, and you're like, oh, this inning's going to fall apart. And Kendall Diggs. I mean, it just goes the other way with it. I, I watched so much baseball over the weekend, I can't remember which game, but, you know, a, a bases-clearing double with two outs. I guess that was Saturday that happened uh, because yesterday it was Wagner in the home run. But uh, the depth of this team, uh, and now with Harold Cole, I mean, you got a guy batting seventh in the lineup that's, I mean, he can rake. This this is a very good hitting lineup. Harold Cole's one of those guys, and I talk about Borfman. When he hits the ball during BP, it makes a different sound. Jared Wagner makes a different sound. Harold Cole's not a big guy, but when he hits the ball, it sounds different off his bat. He generates so much torque and so much bat speed. But they knew he could hit coming in. What they did know is that he could play third base, and he's one of those guys that's reluctantly moved over to third base because I asked him after one of the games, he was player of the game, and I asked him about it, and I said, well, where do you like to play? And he said, well, I'm a shortstop. <laughs> I'm like, well, no, you're not. <laughs> and, you know, but he, you look at all the guys that have come in here. Casey Martin came in as a shortstop, played third base for a year. Uh, Jacob Nesbitt came in as a shortstop, ended up being a great third base in Arkansas. Harold Cole might have won that position away, and you feel bad for, like, the local guys. Like, look at Peyton Hole. He really earned that spot. Um, with a couple of really good games, kind of took it away from Caleb Cowley. 
Um, then he pulls a hamstring, and then Harold Cole gets a chance to play. But Harold made some really good plays on defense this week, and it looks like he's probably solidified that starting position at third. All right, Bubba, we got to run. Appreciate the time. Enjoy it. Are you going down this weekend? Nope. Uh, I, I'm coaching here at, at home. And so, uh, yeah, I get a weekend at home. It's like Wes is on coach, color then. So I'm yeah. excited. I'm, I'm going to miss it, though. I'd love to be there, but uh, hopefully Phil will be there. And so, uh, Put Wes and Phil in the booth together. They still work together. Why not? You guys, you guys be like yeah, old, old times. That's what we need. Yeah. Foul pole. Yeah. Oh, boy. Exactly. Hey, hey, unfortunately, Phil's gaining steam on that. I don't know how he's doing it, but he's getting on Twitter, he's getting a lot more people buying into that fair poll. So I don't know what's going on. I, I'm not sure if he's paying people off or if those are family members, but he's gaining steam. So we got to do something about that. Sounds like a lot of late night drunks are getting on social media to me, Bubba. <laughs> We're with you on this one. So, yeah. all right. We'll, we'll talk to you next week, man. Thank you. Sounds good, fellas. See you. Go on.